There are many ways people listen to Vision, including in cars through the Vision app. The Vision app is compatible with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. So if you have mobile coverage, you can stream any of Vision's live radio channels in crystal clear quality and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts all on the go. There are other ways to connect your phone to your vehicle speakers too. You can see detailed instructions when you Google ways to listen to Vision. However and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. The story. One day we, Kathy just sat there and looked at me and I said, we're effectively going to lose everything. And then I said, Kathy, if that's the way, that's the way. This God that I've sort of talked about lately, I said, he'll have to handle this. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have more of Peter Vasek sharing his life journey. As we heard last time, Peter went through his share of loss and grief with the death of many of his close family members. We ended just as Peter had discovered his rich Serbo-Croatian background. Today, we're going to hear how this leads him to an interest in restoring old photographs and to starting his own photo restoration business. Also, we'll hear how God takes Peter on his own restoration journey after reaching a low point where he was beginning to think he had no future. Once again, Peter is chatting with Karen Hunt from his home in Adelaide. I now am involved in photo restoration Photo colorization, historical research revolved around that. So, yes, I do that sort of work now, and it is so fulfilling and so wonderful when you can create something and bring it to life just through its colorization. And now I'm uh, working at the, um, the embryonic stages of animating photographs. It just takes on a whole new dimension. Peter, I'm interested to know, did this come out of fascination for finding out about your own family history? Yes, it did actually. So who triggered this? How did it begin? From my mum's side, there was only one cousin here in Australia that I'm close to and that I know of. There's no one left in that side of the family that we're aware of, uh, like direct. Um, when my mum passed away, um, there was me and my brother, and then uh, my cousin, Elizabeth, who's an artist as well. And uh, so I did some research into mum's side of the family, and it's just all dead ends. But my dad's side of the family, some... With the internet, it's it's been fantastic. Uh, I started looking into even the name of the town my dad came from, and I went on the YouTube, and all of a sudden I found this YouTube video of the particular town, and it was exactly like my dad had described it. Mud huts, wooden carts, oxen, sheep in the field. So different to the cities that my mum had come from. Yes. Belgrade, Sarajevo, uh, Subotica up in the north. You know, she just led this um, really sophisticated life. But but then I went into this particular town where um, I looked up in Facebook or whatever. 
And I found the family name and I got your call. Of course, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I contacted one person and they said, oh, yeah, Uncle Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Uncle Peter Vasek? Yes. Yes. How are you? This, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. You know, how, how, you know, we heard about Uncle Alex, this, and I'm, my dad had this whole thing going wow. with with the remaining family, and I had no idea. Wow. So I got these photographs out of my dad's, and I looked at them, and I said, I need to know what my dad looked like when he mm. came to Australia. Mm. Not in a grayscale uh, world, mm-hmm. not in a world that is that I'm so detached from, mm-hmm. not in a world that... That, that we see as a hundred years ago, I need to see what he looked like as me. Yeah, at your age. You know, uh, yes. So I started doing some, you know, uh, research in Photoshop or whatever, and I finally ended up doing a colorization. And it turned out remarkably. And then I did one of the family photo that I had of, of them. And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then I did one of my mother, and oh my goodness, she just came to life in a way like I couldn't believe. Oh. She was stunningly beautiful. And my dad was so handsome. And I I looked at them and I said, yes, yes, I see, I see you. I see you. Like, I see that man. I see that adventurer. I see that spirit. I see that man. And I see him as a contemporary. And uh, that just drew me in. And then somebody asked me to do one for them, and then somebody else, and somebody else. And then people started saying, well, we can't believe this. Mm. Here's my grandmother from 1921. Oh. You know, she died in the concentration camp in, in Auschwitz. But here she is as she looked when she was 21. And you've brought it to life. Yeah. And that overwhelming sense of, it's just the most remarkable feeling when somebody says that because you're bringing back, not just doing this for yourself, you're doing this to to connect other people with their families and their um, loved ones in a way that I felt. And it's just the most remarkable thing. So, Peter, your feeling, I mean, that would have yeah. given you, I imagine, such a, a sense of, a new sense of identity even, just for yourself, and then being able to draw other people into the same context of bringing their life and their history and their family identity uh, into the forefront, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. But it's that connection with other people that you make mm. when you do it. Mm. And the historical research that you do surrounding these people what era they grew up in, what region they grew up in, what clothing they wore, what fashions, what colours. And when you draw that all together, you start to immerse yourself into a time that's now gone, but you bring it, bring it back to life. And you bring these people's perception of their families back to life. Very special. You reconnect them. Yes, it is. It is. So you create... A business mm-hmm. from this new interest. Yes. And the business booms. Yeah? Right. We have to step back. 
in 2003, after I met Kathy, with what we had remaining of my family's assets after a bitter court battle where I lost everything, I had enough remaining to buy a company here in Adelaide called Engraving Services Co., which was a small industrial engraving company. My wife and I grew that from a one-employee operation to a nine-employee operation, and we purchased another metal decoration company in 2008. And then that grew, and then in 2014, I had a motor vehicle accident. From that accident, I became very debilitated. One step back in 2011, Kathy had a stroke from a motor vehicle accident. Oh, wow. I had to nurse Kathy back to health for two years whilst trying to run this company that we had. Everything was tied up in this company. And we were suppliers to uh, oil and gas, mining, the defence industry here in South Australia. We supplied identification signage and edge products to the three air warfare destroyers. But I was really ill after the motor motor vehicle accident, Uh, physically very difficult to do anything. I couldn't get out and about. Depression began to set in. And I uh, got sicker and sicker and sicker until Kathy one day looked at me and said, what are we going to do, Peter? What are we going to do? And I said, I can't. I physically can't do any more. I just, I can't get out and about. I can't get out and see clients. Um, I was becoming very, very withdrawn. And one day we looked at each other and Kathy said, if we don't sell this, we're going to die. Like, we're going to, because the stress was overwhelming, we were just at wit's end. So this was after your wife, Kathy, had a stroke? Yes, yes. She had a stroke in 2011 and took several years to get over that. She recovered fully but had some memory issues. Um, My motor vehicle accident happened in 2014 and I started to decline from there from the injuries it just became really difficult because I couldn't put myself out there the way that I used to. Yes. And things started to implode. And then in early 2019, uh, after absolute hell on earth for the last six months of that time from 2018 to the early 2019, Kathy and I sat down and said, we have to stop. We have to give it away. We can't do this anymore. I said, if we do that, we'll lose our home, we'll lose our savings, we'll lose our super. I said, we'll go from wherever we were to being destitute. Were your children a part of the business, Peter? No. Were they involved in supporting you in any way? No, not not whatsoever. They had their own lives. Okay. And they were just... Because of the dynamics of the split families and all that, I had other interests to be involved in. Mm. And one day, Kathy just sat there and looked at me and I said, we're effectively going to lose everything. Mm. When you hear that, people think people have shoveled something away over here or hid something under their 
everything we had was involved in it. And then I said, Kathy, if that's the way, that's the way. This God that I've sort of talked about lately, because I started getting these inklings, I said, I can't do this. Somebody else is going to handle this situation. I said, he'll, he'll have to handle this, this, this God. And she looked at me with this wry smile. And all these years, Kathy, who had been brought up in a Catholic family, yeah. but had deep spirituality, mm-hmm. deep. So much so that I knew she was always a spiritual person, but I didn't know how deep it was. And she had a connection that I had subsequently found out. Anyway, she said, she looked at me and I said, Kathy, we're going to be on the street. And she said, I don't care as long as I'm with you and as long as I get to pick the colour of the tarp that we have to sleep under <gasps> in the parklands, I don't care as long. Wow. As I'm wow. next to you. And I just looked at her and I went, but, but we'll have nothing. And she said, I don't care so this is a very painful scary time yeah your business went into liquidation yep you did lose your house yep you did lose your savings yep and pretty well every material possession that you and kathy owned gone You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is once again chatting with Peter Vasic about his life journey. As we're hearing, Peter is at the absolute lowest point in his life. But as we're about to hear, God brings about restoration. All that and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Karen Hunt chatting with Peter Vasic. Before the break, Peter was sharing about the absolute lowest point in his life when he and his wife had lost everything. Now, we'll find out what happened next. And then you find yourself on the brink of taking your own life. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. And what happened the day you were driving through your township, <laughs> passing a particular town building that you'd been driving past for the last 30 years. Look, what happened that there, day, Peter? There was this place. It's called the Seton Christian Family Centre. It's this big building on the side of the road next to a golf course. I've driven past that building day in, day out for 30 years from when it was built. And every time I looked over at it, I used to think, that building's filled full of those weirdos, <laughs> those happy, clapping weirdos. Kathy was in the car with me, and I looked over, and I said, Kathy, we have to go to church, and we have to go to that one. And she looked at me, and she said, okay. So one day in August, last year, 
Because, you know, I walked in there and they swarmed around us. And it was like bees to the honeypot. And the message was immediate and it was directed to Kathy and me. We were in there, they went through this music, you know, all stuff that I found really unusual. You know, all these people in there happily, you know, praying and, and, and listening to the message. And this particular message, that day was directed to two people in the church and the preacher said to us, the pastor said, there are two people in here who have gone through enormous uh, loss just recently. And, uh, you know, I feel that these two people uh, need to come and talk to me. He said, but wait till after, after the service. And after the service, Nobody came up to him except for Kathy and me. And he took us into a room and I went, how, how, how did, and I'm bawling my eyes out, and Kathy's bawling our eyes out. It's, how did you, what? We didn't speak, we didn't know any. <laughs> and he said, don't worry. And he walked us through, walked us through the Holy Spirit. He walked us through these messages and we just sat there Gumstruck. So what was the message focused on that day in that church? It was a message on materialism. Uh-huh. Wow. On the things that we surround us, that we all seem to think we aspire to, what we think is important to us, and the things that we think define us. And in so many ways, my life had been governed by what what I see as being the material things in this world. Not not so much just materialism, but the way people perceive you for your materialism. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was more, it wasn't the material things, it was the perception. And... His message just cut through all of that. And uh, we were just blubbering messes. And uh, we went back again the next week, and there was a, a, another pastor from Papua New Guinea who had a similar message, and he spoke to us privately as well. And from that moment, I turned to Kathy and I said, there can't be any other this is this is divine. This is this is this is that God, the big sky fairy, as everybody calls him, speaking to us. And I knew from that moment on that I had been touched in a way that I knew all my problems needed to be handed over to him because I couldn't handle that anymore. There was nothing that I could do that through my own material perception of the world could do anything about my position or my situation. This was this was God's ball to now handle and to handball back to me as he saw fit and as he directed. And that was reinforced by the day I switched on the radio and there it was. 
I'm talking about something that is real, something that transforms you from within, but you have to give your heart and you have to say it with your mouth and you have to accept Jesus as your saviour and you will see changes begin in your life that will transform you from somebody who is absolutely destitute in character, in morals, every aspect of your life to start seeing life and their future. Peter, I can imagine you with a big white flag waving it wildly. I surrender. I surrender. And that's what happens when we get to that point of surrender. Peter, it's been great hearing some of your story today. God bless you and bless your family as you continue to grow your business. I wish you well. Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much. Wow, what a wonderful story of restoration. Peter Vasek's business focuses on restoring old photographs through colorizing them. But we've also heard how God has brought Peter on a restoration journey of his own and has brought color back into his life after it seemed that all hope was lost. What a fantastic turnaround. Once again, if you'd like to learn more about Peter's business, the website is pastcolors.com.au. That's pastcolors.com.au. Finally, I think Peter's story is a perfect illustration of how God is always there for us to turn to in times of trouble, or any time for that matter. As it says in the book of Psalms, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The good news is that no matter what we go through, God is always there fighting the good fight for us and with us. And that's something we can count on each and every day. Well, thanks for joining us for Peter's inspiring story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I just had this prompting because obviously at times I get this, I've I've got to put things down in words. So I'm, I'm writing these lyrics and it's like, how can I explain to people in a song or a poem what it is to know the Lord? And so I just felt the Lord just enabling me to write this song because I just wanted to glorify him and and that's what I felt the, the Lord lead me to. Gary Finney is a delivery man from Victoria who had been a Christian for several years when God led him to write his first song. This song would go on to have an impact on his neighbour's faith and Gary even entered it into a song contest in Tasmania. We'll hear all about it next time. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. <laughs>